Hello. <laughs> and, Hello, Sandra. And welcome. I'm super happy to have uh, you here as a satellite train. And um, off air, uh, we were talking, uh, you was uh, by Italian origin. Yeah. And, yes, uh, my first generation Australian, but my parents are from Italy, from Calabria. And then, uh, so now uh, where you are uh, based, uh, if, if can I ask? Uh... I am based... I am based in Australia, but currently in the USA. We had a couple of sessions over here, and then I'll just I'll be flying back tomorrow to Australia. Okay. Based, okay. based in Melbourne, Australia. Okay, Melbourne, Australia. So, yeah. um, first of all, um, first of all, how are you, my friend? Pardon? First of all, uh, most important question: How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Since <laughs> now we will uh, we will go to start. Uh... Okay. <laughs> um, um, you you can present the satellite train uh, and all your music career started um, to do the solo voices uh, session. Super happy to have uh, you here. Sure. You you Thank was you. Uh, on uh, on Formula Indy since twenty twenty two, if I remember good, and so I'm super happy to have you here. Yeah, likewise, it's a pleasure, it's a real honor. Yeah, so the project itself, Satellite Train, it's it's a Melbourne based band. It has um, uh, some American musician friends also. I'm part of the Melbourne Australia part of the entourage. When we started the project, it was just really just a fun idea. There was musician friends that were, were in the live music circle around Melbourne. Sometimes you would run into each other. Sometimes you would play with each other. And we just came up with the idea, let's have a rehearsal, see how it goes. But the rehearsal went well. So we had some recording sessions, but it was very experimental. Like we weren't even thinking, let's have a project where we're going to release some lyrics here. We were just having fun. Very early, it sounded experimental, but over a little bit of time, it started to sound better. And then some of the musicians started saying, maybe we should release some of this. It's starting to sound pretty good. And that led up to the first album where we're like, okay, well, let's let's try to do this properly instead of just experimenting. Um, but it was a fun project and it evolved into the first release, Satellite Train and Cry, which was just released. And... Um... You can tell us uh, more about the uh, uh, talented uh, lineup of uh, musicians who contributed um, to the Melbourne sessions. How did their yeah. presence influence uh, the album's overall vibe? And uh, if you would like uh, to explain what is the Melbourne sessions uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they had a big influence. The approach we take from day one, we still try to have the approach of fun. Each of the musicians just contribute what they want. So they're not going in there with a very set idea of what we want. It's like, just be creative and contribute what you want and what, wherever the songs go, they go. So for the first album, our, our concept was to just have a very live sound. I said, let's just sound live. Even if we don't get it perfect, get it sounding very live because all these musicians, they're on the road all year. So I thought, 
beyond um, ca- coming up with a live a- album, I think it really captures who they are as musicians. These days, less recording, more on the road. So we just set up a, a session over the weekend and the goal was to complete the album. Um, Michael, the singer Michael's an incredible singer. He tours with an Australian band called Ice House. They're a very well, not they not so well-known internationally, but in Australia they're popular. So they have a very large um, following. So it was a real honour to work for him. He has a great voice, but the way he approached it was to sing very live and raw. So even though he has a really good voice, he wasn't trying to be perfect. Then pianist John McCall and guitarist Shane O'Mara, Shane O'Mara, they both came out of the Victoria College of the Arts. So they have that trained background. Um, they added a just in the end they ended up added a very jazzy some a little bit of a classical fire so they sort of went off in a a bit of a jazzy direction which was fine um and then the drummer john watto watson he's just a very energetic live drummer so he was perfect and we just let him play what he want we didn't care if he was playing perfect his history he's played with australian bands historically like australian crawl he plays with James Rain now. I think he played that one band you might know that he played with for a little while was Minute Work. So he's been with a few bands, but he's just a, an exceptional player and just gave it that really live sound. The bass player, Pasquale Mania, has been in underground bands. So he's very alternative. So his approach is very experimental and very melodic. And that melodic style in those sessions just seemed to work. He played differently, but very melodically that really worked. And then some of the American musicians, Randy Jacobs, he's, his, he's a blues guitarist. So he, he, when he adds something, it's going to have a blues flavor. So he added a, a blues uh, flavor. And then the other one is Jamie Muhoberak, the keyboard player. He's very, um, very experimental. Uh, he's always going to give you something you don't expect and added these beautiful textures and melodies. He plays... Um, throughout the year life. He's on John Mayer's keyboard. So he gave it a bit of a John Mayer sound also. So they completely influenced and controlled the session. There was very little discussion. We just went from song to song and however they came out, we didn't really discuss. We just moved to the next song. Mm, who is the Melbourne music scene? Do you feel uh, there is uh, some vibrant uh, things going on? There is. I think on two levels. So there's the younger bands that I, I definitely um, are very active in, in the live scene. And then what they have, they've had for many years, they have these gigantic concert tours, like at the Summer Festival, the Big Bash Tour. And all these bands, instead of playing individually these days, they just play together. And they play to crowds of five to 10,000 and they just go from state to state. And so during, at one time, you might have two of these fest, they're very festival type live events. So um, Michael's other band, Ice House, features very heavily on those. Um, they tend to headline those. So um, he's in the middle of that. Uh, one of the upcoming ones, they, they're going to be doing one of these festivals, a band you might know, Simple Minds. So some of the international bands come in, but it's very live. And I think that was part of the reason we wanted a live sound we did want it to sound Australian in a, a little, in that sense, to give it that live Australian sound. 
Superstar, your previous single, achieved a notable position on music charts, also on the Euro-Indie music charts as well. How did the success of Superstar influence your approach to Cry and the rest of the album? It had a big influence. And the reason why is when we had this set, these sessions, Superstar was the first strong song we recorded. So when we came in, that was what we came up with. We didn't know how, how it was going to come out. That sort of became the template for the rest of the album. We said, okay, we've got one down. We know, we know how this is sort of going to sound now. And it, beca it became the template for the rest of the sessions. Um, and it, some of the ways it did influence it is that what we tried, we tried adding these vocal chants in Superstar. And that came out, oh, that, that sort of worked well. So as we moved from song to song, we picked songs. So one of the songs that we picked to also have the vocal chant was Cry. So we incorporated similar vocal chants. And in a couple of other songs we did, did also... So on an instrumental level, it was sort of the foundation for the rest of the sessions. We knew where it was going. And I think vocally also because we got this vocal chant idea and that just became this thing that we did through the album. And one of the reasons we did Cry is because it does have that vocal chance and it creates a bit of continu continuity between the songs. And Satellite Train is a very Australian song. It's about Australian rules football. It, I think it relates to sport. But it is, it is um, very related to a popular Australian sport called Australian football. And um, how did the, the um, uh, choice to use uh, Scratch uh, with the music charts to con contribute uh, the authenticity of the album's uh, live sound? It, it played a huge role because um, the musicians when they walked into the studio for the weekend session which we call the melbourne sessions no one had heard any demos they had nothing they didn't even know they were going to get the music charts so they would just come not, not knowing what to expect so when they arrived they just had these basic guide charts and they were just they were just told uh just play what you want to play so you determine the style and the direction you determine the tempo um And the goal was to, to, to do the recordings in one, one or two takes at most. Um, and that tended to set the trend for the session because immediately they knew, okay, we have control here. And that's where their extensive live experience helped. They had played with each other um, other than the rehearsals and the, the experimental sessions. They do play around the scenes in different bands together. And, and it worked. We weren't sure. The engineer was incredibly nervous. The engineer was telling me, this is not going to work. You're wasting your time. Um, but no one else felt like that. I was a little bit nervous. But um, once we recorded Superstar, we were fine and it set the session well. The drum actually showed up four hours late in true musician style. <laughs> so that made everyone a little bit uh, more nervous. But it, um, it didn't hurt. So having the charts help. We also had a little bit of a live audience. So when we were doing the album, it was sort of a bit of a live performance too. So we were experimenting in that, ses that way also. And in the end, the songs actually drift from the click track. There's usually a click track you keep to. We didn't really care about the click track. Um, so the guide vocals and just having that atmosphere, it, it definitely worked as an experiment. Mm, do you like the... Um, jam, jam sessions. Uh, I, I, I imagine I imagined uh, this situation 
a little bit like a dream session. I don't know why. This is all it was. I don't think it was more than that because we no one we weren't really trying to achieve this incredibly perfect. It was a jam session. It totally was. And because we were just doing, we would do one take, maybe a second take. Sometimes we're like the first takes good and we kept it. Sometimes we did the, the second one. So it was definitely like a jam. There wasn't much direction. They had to have a rehearsal type mentality to get through it because they just had basic charts. It was probably a similar approach to what you might have in a rehearsal session, except it happened to be the recording. It was a very much a jam session. And um, what are some of the biggest uh, challenges uh, you've faced in uh, your music uh, career? And uh, how did you overcome them? So the challenges, I think the challenges have always been for us. We don't really have backing. We don't have management. It's just the band. Probably like a lot of other independent bands. So we probably have the same challenges. And it's always financial and budget. So trying to scrape a budget, even to do one song, can be hard. It, it sounds easy, it, it might seem easy, but there's so many pieces and you've got to pay different people here and there through that process. It becomes hard. So com completing the album was grinding on a financial sense. It was like, uh, what can I, what can we afford to do here and here? So that, that has been a challenge. And it continues to be a challenge, even getting, even though we have one more session next week to finish the Melbourne sessions and then mastering, but even getting to that point was really difficult. That was probably, that's probably the hardest challenge, um, the financials. Yeah, the, of everything, uh, I, I can, I can say, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's it. And, and what yeah. are some of your uh, favorite musical memories from your musical journey so far? Um, probably of all of them, it was a real, it's been, for me through this process, working with these incredible musicians has been very, really amazing. Um, probably working with Michael Painter is a very special one. It's a recent one. Um, I had admired him as an Australian singer for years and he, I, I had been a fan of Ice House. It's hard not to know Ice House in Australia because he's been a member of them for a long time. Um, I'd admired him. So working with him was a little bit surreal. It was a little bit of a dream. And he, he's so humble. Um, and he just, for someone who's that good a singer, to just go with um, the direction we had and we, the approach was, you don't have to sound perfect, just sound live play do this like you're alive don't and he went along with that and by the end it really surprised me the effort he put he put in so much effort he tried so hard with this project um i really appreciated so working with him but beyond that some of the other musicians uh it's just like working with the keyboard player jamie mahoborak is a real mem a great memory because when you go to his house everything is just so artistic and creative and his mindset's creative um and he he has he's he's been in music um his whole life his father used to play for elvis so there's this history so when you walk into these environments of people you know that have this history and this creativeness probably my favorite me memory they're not really exciting but just being in the same room and working with these people i would say 
and what sets uh, satellite uh, train apart in the uh, in the music landscape and how do you hope to make a lasting uh, impression with uh, the Melbourne sessions um so I, i think the approach we've had from day one like i said it's been very experimental and just everyone does what they want it's very creative So I, I think what we do try to do is to try to have a real true es essence of being an independent artist. This might be typical. I don't know if it sets us apart, but that's how we approach it. So we don't look at other bands. We don't look at charts. We don't look at what's trending. We don't look at data. We don't really care. When, when we record a song, even if it comes out uh, a little bit unusual or different, We just, we just accept that for what it is. Like one of the songs we recorded recently, the drums are very interesting. It's not what you would expect, but we just accepted that and worked around that, that drum idea. So I would say that um, at least we try to capture the true essence of being an independent artist. And as we re release more material, it does get more experimental. So I hope by the time um, we finished up a few releases, you get the sense of that. And what's your favorite part of uh, the music creation uh, process uh, from writing to recording and performing? And do you have any unique uh, rituals? I don't have unique rituals. I've seen some and, you know, I've seen some interesting rituals. I don't have any unique rituals. But it's probably the, the funnest part. Being in a studio can be fun, but it can also be exhausting and it can be stressful as, as the hours go by. So that's fun, but probably not the favorite. Probably the favorite part is, for, for me, is the, the songwriting. Um, for me, that's meditational and sort of healing. So the songwriting process, really, it's just having an emotion, an idea, and only writing the song when you actually feel like it. It's just, just something like you feel like doing, like you feel like watching a movie or you're you feel like going for a walk. The songwriting is very much like that. You just feel like it. And then just picking up the nearest instrument, it might be the, an acoustic guitar or a keyboard if there are pianos around, the piano. And it's a very quick process. It's like just having that emotion, that idea, and maybe in 30 minutes to an hour, tra translating that to a basic song idea with a little bit of structure, some melodies, some lyrics. And once that's done, just putting it away and literally never looking at it again and just saying, okay, well, I'll revisit that when we go to the studio and either we bring that into the studio or some simple charts are created from that. But I would definitely say the songwriting because it's really just done from wanting to do it and it's not something that becomes work because once you get to the 30 minutes, one hour, you've got the idea, I just stop, that's it. So I do it until the point, uh, to a point where it's uh, complete enough and it doesn't become work. Do you have uh, some uh, funny or uh, anecdotes, uh, funny moments uh, or anecdotes from the Melbourne session or in general? I can, <laughs> I can tell you a funny one that the bass player, Pasquale Manea, he tells He, he likes to tell this story. He said it more than once, so I'll tell you that story. And it's, it's, it's pretty funny. And it, it, if you know him, it sums him up. Uh, he, he tells a story where he was on a tour with a, with a band. They had a very low budget, so they were on the road. Um, they, they didn't have any roadies to set up equipment or tune things. 
And in their set, there one there was a song that came up when that song started. He would go off the stage, and his job was to to tune and a, a twelve string acoustic guitar for the guitarist to perform with the singer for the next song. On one place uh, uh, during this tour, he, he had to do it in the kitchen. So he went into this kitchen area, but the kitchen was really busy at the time. And it was so loud that when he started to tune the guitar, he couldn't hear anything. And But he was determined to get it done. But what happened is he forgot track of time. And he just, as he was trying to tune it, it got to the next song. So the other musicians had to find him. So one of the musicians found him and just said, you need to get this guitar back. So he was very embarrassed. So he's like, okay, well, it's not tuned. He went back and gave the guitar to the guitarist. It was completely out of tune. And he didn't tell him it was out of tune. He was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. so, um, so the song had to be performed with the guitarist and the singer to an audience completely out of tune. But that was, that's a funny story that he told me. And I like to tell it because the story he's, he's liked to tell me several times. And um, what are your um, aspirations and goals for uh, Satellite Train uh, in the coming years? I mean, yeah, so we do have that. So the way we've approached this um, is we've, we've had three projects that we've been working on in parallel, three different projects. We don't really work. We haven't worked linear like one after the other. We've sort of done three, three separate things with three different types of sound um uh in parallel so we're getting close to the first one um the aspiration would be to complete the second and third one and they're sort of running in parallel um for example in a few weeks we have a session for the second project and about a week or so later the, the pianist john mccall is going to add piano on the third project um so the the aspiration is it's, it's a trilogy so we're hoping to release all three um It, it's tough financially, so I think we're going to get to the point where we, we can release the second. And the third one, we're just trying. So uh, the third one, which I think is probably the best the best material, we're trying and it's just uh, the aspiration is to get that completed. It's just a matter of whether we're going to be capable financially to get there. But the goal over the next couple of years is to release three albums Um And it's challenging because we're working on them in parallel. So different people are working on different things. Hopefully we can release all three because on its own, we, we don't think that just the one album is really going to summarize who we are. I think over the three projects, you really get a sense of the band, um, of what the project was. And different musicians influence different things. Um, for example, on the second album, Randy Jacobs, the guitarist, really um, influenced it and gave it a really bluesy sound. Um, so over the, that's the goal to release all three. Hopefully we can release all three. Then I would uh, absolutely want, uh, I want absolutely listen uh, your albums. Uh, I'm super curious. Fantastic. And um, now we will play your new single, Cry. I listened to uh, your song. I enjoyed it uh, really much. And you can tell us something about the writing process of uh, this song of you made and uh, 
what did you want to express uh, with that song? Uh, maybe you can introduce uh, a little bit and then we will listen it. Yeah, so that was definitely in the spirit of the songwriting process I, um, I've had so far. That one was written on an acoustic guitar and it was very easy to write. It was something I was able to do quickly. It means a lot um, because the main inspiration came from a childhood friend. Um, so the lyrics are very important to me in that sense. And over time, I've met and know people who've had relatable experiences in that in that sense of what the song tells. Um, and as far as musically, the acoustic that you do, acoustic guitar you hear in the song was pretty much exactly the way um, it came out when it was written. Hopefully people can relate to this song. And uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, your time uh, with us. Thank you. Super happy to have met you in, uh, in, in Zoom, we can say. And yes. uh, and um, after this, we will listen uh, the new song "Cry." Satellite Train can be found on the website satellitetrainband.com, on Facebook, on uh, uh, X, on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and yes. uh, on Melbourne <laughs> on. Uh, on the, the better days. So, ah, last thing, do you have a live session, live show uh, scheduled yet? Not currently. So the goal, the goal currently is to try to complete the three, and then hopefully, um, once we get get to a point where we're complete enough, then then we'll try to squeeze it in, yeah. The, the plan is to hopefully do it none currently. It also depends on interest. So um, if it gets enough, if there's enough uh, people that are interested in the material, then I would say yes. Then uh, anyway, uh, are there any news with Bichard really on, uh, on their uh, socials? And thank you so much. Uh, for yeah, thank you, Alessandro. Bye. It was a pleasure. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I see you walking all alone, girl. You're living in a lonely. 